We want to welcome you today to the Realizing Your Worth podcast series where we interview experienced corporate citizenship professionals about all things having to do with employee giving and or volunteering or just getting employees to show up for our citizenship programs. Now, we hope those of you listening are those experienced corporate citizenship professionals, and we're going to give you some relevant topics to listen to. Now, they're going to be in four categories. Number one, best practices. Number two, transformative value. Number three, the dark side. And number four, the big picture. Now, this week, we're going to focus on best practices. So be sure to tune in in other weeks and kind of see what the topics are, but we have a lot of fun with them. And today's episode, we're with Asya from GSK. She's going to be talking about the fantastic Pulse program. Asya, it is great to have you with us today. Thanks so much. It's great to be here. Now, Asya, um, because, you know, I don't want to go on record as mispronouncing your name. What is your last name, Asya? <laughs> well, first of all, I have to say you've done a fantastic job of saying my first name, which is usually what stumps people. So my name is Asia Posner Menson. Asia Menson. Okay, so so that doesn't sound too hard. We're going to stick with Asia for the podcast. But Perfect. thank you. And if you could tell us a little bit about your role at GSK and maybe some of your background. Sure. So um, I direct GSK's Pulse Volunteer Partnership, which is our skills-based volunteering initiative where we send 100 of our high-performing employees each year uh, to work with nonprofit organizations around the world full-time for up to six months. Uh, The nonprofit organizations lead um, in terms of telling us what their key need or challenge is, and employees then, um, through their applications, um, reveal their skill set or expertise, and we serve as a match.com for the nonprofit organizations and GSK employees to um, fill the needs of those NGOs and hopefully deliver sustainable change through um, the expert employees that go out to work with those nonprofits. Uh, before GSK, I um, so I have a background. I studied uh, international relations and development, and I worked for nonprofit organizations in the Middle East, Africa, and the U.S., and I also was a teacher um, at the high school level and um, a university professor as well. So, yeah, that's a, that's a good point. You've got 15 years of experience with international development, diplomacy, CSR, organizational management, a bunch of different kinds of companies and organizations. And you have your PhD as well in a related field. What, what, you know what, for the, as many times as we've met or talked, I don't actually know what you have your PhD in. It's a PhD in international relations. All right, good. Which seems to fit the fact that, did I hear you right? You're kind of like a glorified match.com for international <laughs> volunteering. <laughs> Oh, she is. is it, you have a PhD <laughs> in Match.com for international volunteering. So that's that's what I'm taking away from all this today. That's one way of putting it, though. I'm sure my alma mater wouldn't be happy um, <laughs> trivializing the diploma in that way. Um, but certainly, you know, since Pulse started in 2009, we've sent nearly 400 employees from across 45 different countries to work with 85 different nonprofit organizations in 56 different countries. So that gives you a sense of the global scale um, of our program. And and certainly, you know, what I studied and um, 
the experience and and travels and you know living and working in different countries and cultures prior to my joining GSK has all really helped me um, serve in my role today. Okay, so full disclosure, I'm a crazy Pulse fan and I'm a crazy Asia fan. So this is really fun for me to listen to. Um, and and I'm curious, just listening to to where things are now. I mean, 400 employees, 45 countries, 85 nonprofits. These are amazing numbers. Can you tell us about the first days? How did this idea develop? Yeah, so that's a really fun story. Um, when our new CEO um, at the time in 2009, Andrew Witte, uh, took over leadership of GSK, it was um, difficult economic times. And a lot of companies were cutting back on their philanthropic work. Um, in his first global broadcast to our nearly 100,000 employees, he made a public commitment and, and kind of a call to action where he basically said that, you know, a lot of companies are scaling back on these um, type of philanthropic or volunteering efforts, but he saw that that was actually going to be the way that we would be able to pick ourselves up, um, solve some of these pressing global health challenges by working together across sectors, by donating our most valuable um, resource, which is our human resource, our people, um, to nonprofit organizations. And in so doing, you know, GSK would get a huge benefit as well because our employees would be able to be exposed to new ways of working, um, would be brought um, very close to the patient and communities that we serve. So have a greater sense of, um, you know, staying in step with society and the changing um, global and health landscape. And um, it would provide them a, a chance to recharge, to um, develop their leadership skills, uh, you know, so many benefits. And when he um, shared this vision, I was just so inspired uh, that I wrote him an email. And I did not expect um, that he would respond to it. Um, I, I figured he probably was, um, you know, a very important person that had a panel, maybe that um, reviewed his emails for him, uh, et cetera. But, but actually, a couple of days after sending out the note, I got an email back from Andrew basically asking me to... Um, inviting me to help help GSK meet the mark here. And um, I should say in my email, I was a bit bold. Um, I kind of shared a, a quick bit of my background and experience in um, you know, this field, but also some ideas on how GSK can maximize benefit for all involved, for um, communities and nonprofits, for the employees, and, and ultimately for, for the business. So Asia, I gotta, I gotta interrupt. There's a couple of things in your story that <clears throat> are very interesting. One is, what 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 was it about Andrew, Mr. Witty, that made him perceive the world that way? Because to be I mean, to be fair to everybody else who's listening out there, we can all believe that that's true. That getting involved in the community has can create significant, you know, benefits to the company. But our senior executives, the C suite, they don't always see what we know is true. How did Andrew see it? Like what was it about him that enabled him to see what you knew was true? I have a um, sense that it was because of his own background, um, okay. having lived and worked in various emerging markets and um, developing countries, 
during his um, career at GSK. So he started working for the company right out of grad school. And, you know, among other things, for example, served as the general manager of our GSK South Africa business. Okay. So he was in South yeah. Africa for a couple of years and got exposure to what the issues were facing um, patients and communities in rural areas in South Africa. So it was a very real experience, not something he had read about in a book, but something he had lived through. Yeah. And you know what? I, I would have to say that in our experience, uh, Angela and I's experience, that is something that we find is almost always the f- fact. If if the person has an experience, not not cognitive knowledge, but actually have dirt under the finger t- under the fingernails from being out there and doing this kind of work, they're much more likely to understand the true value of it. Which brings me to my second question: um, You just decided to, <laughs> to send an email <laughs> and say, "Hey, yeah, I'm your person. You should totally." Hire yeah. me. Like, is um, that, is that like, so, yeah, does that work for everybody? Is, <laughs> is this what we're advocating for everybody today? So, so I have to say, um, maybe I, I misrepresented what I actually wrote. Because <laughs> I, I was not so bold as to literally ask for a job in my email to him. First of all, just going back to your point about Andrew Ritty, I mean, the guy is the real deal. Right. I am consistently impressed by him, um, you know, since he he took over um, leadership of the company. Uh, and, you know, this has um, been now five plus years and uh, he, the guy amazes me. So we are very fortunate to have him at the helm. Okay. Um, but in terms of my email, actually, I um, I honestly was writing to him to thank him for being the kind of leader that I could really respect and get behind. And secondly, to just offer a couple of ideas. And literally the reason I wrote the note, um, you know, we all at some point have to pay tribute to our mothers. (laughs) So um, after I heard Andrew's broadcast that night, I remember having a conversation with my mom and I was like, you know, super excited about and sharing with her his message and um and all these ideas i had she's like you should just write him and i was like no mom guy has his own website there's no way he would read an email from me and then as i heard myself speak i was like you know what this is exactly what um i try not to be you know that um people are people regardless of their status in society i was raised to you know treat everyone with respect whether they're um your doorman or your ceo and Mm -hmm. You know, at the very least, a human being appreciates being thanked. And maybe, you know, if he, he does happen to read the email, he'll appreciate some of my ideas. But my sense was that the way he announced it, it sounded like it was ready to be rolled out um, and implemented. So I didn't even think there would be an opportunity for a job or, you know, something to come of it. That was, you know, completely serendipity. So um, I've told this story to some of our Pulse participants during orientation trainings, kind of as a motivator to say, don't be your own worst enemy. If you have an idea, if you have a vision, share with uh, um, someone, a leader who you think might be interested and could potentially help you take it forward. Now, I've heard back from Pulse um, fellows who've gone out since 2009 to say they wrote to Andrew and, you know, they didn't get a job through that email. (laughs) So I I also came in at the right time, like right when he was joining. (laughs) Sometimes it's about timing, right? (laughs) You know what, Asia, thank you for sharing that personal story because one thing that I think is so important about these programs is that sense of seeing each other as having an equal value, an equal 
contribution to make. So the fact that you process that through your mom, which is so great and thought, <laughs> you know what, he, he, we're the same and, and we may have the same vision in this. That is, that is really the foundation of these kinds of programs. Now I, I wanted to say that bef- and I, and I absolutely jumped in before Chris had a question. So I'm going to hand it back over to you, Chris, but I want to acknowledge that personal story and how important that is. Yeah, no, I think, I think that's great. I, I honestly do. And yeah, it give it'll give somebody courage to to take an, an interesting step. So you, the gift of your mom will live on. But um, <laughs> I'll tell her. She'll be happy. <laughs> you got ten people, new jobs, mom. <laughs> Asha, we're going to be in New York City uh, on April third and fourth for the um, employee engagement conference that's being put on there by a group known as Charities at Work, um, which is kind of an interesting title because. It's not about charity. It's about engaging employees in giving and volunteering programs. And the panel that you're going to be on with me uh, and several other folks, we're going to be talking about transformative value, you know, moving beyond shared value, which is external constructs, systems, processes, incredibly essential to how businesses operate, you know, around the world today. But transformative values, um, the localization of these values within people. And that's a, there's a direct link with that and the work that we do with volunteering, international, local, general, skilled, pro bono, whatever whatever we're talking about. Um, first of all, thanks for agreeing to be on that with us. Uh, but I wanted to ask you a question specifically about maybe how you're seeing transformative value generated or the kind of value that we would look at and, and call change because one of the taglines for the GSK program GSK program is change yourself, change communities, change GSK. And it's almost like this idea of transformation is baked into the process. I wonder if you can speak to that within a particular context. And that's the, um, the direct relief in uh, Santa Barbara program that you did a program with direct relief there where you, inverted the international volunteering you, you did it wrong right you, <laughs> you you didn't go anywhere you you just stayed here and brought people can you just uh, you know briefly tell us a little bit about that now, we've got a bunch of questions we want to ask you about that story as we go forward but um just what yeah. it was and then let's talk a little bit about you know the kind of change that happens for everybody involved absolutely so um First, let me just start big picture and talk about what we see as some of the transformations or transformative change of our Pulse Fellows. So um, I I think since the beginning, we've always um, heard people, uh, both participants of the program, but also very importantly, the um, GSK line managers of these folks, as well as the home teams or colleagues of these folks, kind of reinforce that they see the Um, Pulse Fellows come back from their volunteering experience uh, with just a a greater passion and energy for GSK's mission to help people do more, feel better, live longer. Um, A a real genuine sense of connection to the patient um, and focusing on the patient and what it means to best serve the patient. Having just spent, you know, six months in the field, seeing patients day in and day out, which can be a very different experience, of course, than sitting in, you know, office walls where ultimately maybe that budget or that report you're working on will positively impact patients, but you're not seeing the patient day to day. Okay, well, let's, um, we have, can, can we just stop there? Because that's really interesting. The, mm-hmm. the way they interact with patients, can we just parse that out a little bit? Uh, you you said, you know, the, the admin work, the paperwork, that's not going to go away, that's really important, but there's 
there's something that happens, and this goes back to what we're talking about with Andrew. When you said he was the real deal because he had an experience, right? Mm-hmm. Change it changes a person. So, can you talk about that a little bit? Can we explore that? What that means yeah. for some of you folks? Yeah. So um, we, we um, the majority of our pulse assignments are related to improving health or access to health and health care in communities in need. Um, those communities might be in uh, the United States, which people wouldn't expect, or in you know rural areas in developing countries and emerging markets around the world, um, which is more the traditional model that you speak of. Um, we send out uh, R&D you know, research scientists, physicians, nurses, um, folks with medical backgrounds, and those people you would expect to be getting their hands dirty, um, working in um, communities, training community healthcare workers, um, maybe educating mothers and children around use of malaria bed nets or ensuring that um, women are getting appropriate pre and postnatal care through their pregnancies. Um, you, you know, these are folks that you would expect to have br- be bringing some patient experience, but also um, could do well in a patient setting. But what a lot of people don't know is that Pulse is open to anyone in GSK. IT experts, finance gurus, project managers, communications and marketing folks. And those people as well are placed with the same NGOs that have connections to the same health clinics or patients and communities. And so while they're going out and trying to work with um, the nonprofit, for example, to streamline their systems and processes in order to create greater efficiencies so that ultimately the programs that they run serve more patients daily. Or maybe they're going out and um, speaking to interviewing um, the constituents or beneficiaries of a nonprofit to understand, you know, what what is the real value proposition here, or the service that the nonprofit is providing, and how can we better tell that story? And you know, using their comms and marketing expertise to really package and create stronger branding for the nonprofit. Those are the individuals that um, are also benefiting from that patient experience, and they would never otherwise have had the chance. Um, probably pre-GSK or during their GSK career. And so this is what makes the program so special is that it, it allows that opportunity for each of us in the company, regardless of skill set and, and also regardless of level, because um, we're, we're all inclusive. It's not an elitist program. You don't have to be you know, a senior leader to be accepted to the program. You need to show that you are a high performing employee, you know, who delivers on your objectives and above, um, you need to show that you have a skill set that matches the NGO need. But a lot of times some of our local nonprofit partners, um, you know, they're small organizations with two or three people and they don't need an SVP or VP to come in. They need a really strong admin to like organize their office management processes and operations, right? So so it, it really is something that any employee can access, which in itself is hugely motivational and transformational for our employee base. Because if you know that there's no barrier to you raising your hand and you know put throwing your hat in the ring to apply to Pulse, that's a pretty exciting prospect. You know, that that's something you can avail yourself of. Um, and then just to quickly say, 
with um, the model Direct Relief. So um, Direct Relief is a fantastic organization that provides humanitarian um, relief and assistance to um, areas in disaster situations. And specifically, they focus on medicine donations, not, you know, a lot of organizations um, deliver food and water, they're delivering medicine and medical supplies. And so, so they, and they year, deliver that in, in the United States or around the world? Both. Um, so they serve um, domestic and international. Their headquarter offices are in Santa Barbara, California, and that's where all of their, you know, major um, warehouse and um, kind of distribution, supply chain, um, programmatic uh, services and efficiencies are created from. And so their need was to bring in skilled resource to their headquarter office in California. And um, we we basically looked for the best skilled people for their need. They needed six different people for a variety of different projects. And each of those six people happened to come from a different country. So we had mm. someone from Nigeria, someone from Saudi Arabia, someone from Belgium, from, um, well, from the U.S., from, uh, I, I'm blanking, but anyway, it gives you a, just a sense of how it was the United Nations in um, direct Absolutely. relief. And it was a great example that, you know, the U.S. doesn't own all um, knowledge and expertise that we need to be exporting to the world. There's so much that we can bring into this country as well. And and also the U.S. In, in, isn't, um, you know, flying high in all areas. There are um, a lot of lower income um, commu- uh, communities, underinsured or uninsured people and patients that can benefit from some of the services that nonprofits like Direct Relief provide. So it was a really unique experience for, for you know, a Nigerian GSK employee to say, you know what, I'm going to be going to the U.S. Mm-hmm. to help and serve, um, you know, this nonprofit. And I think it was a double take on the volunteering model, but that's something that we always like to challenge um, and kind of uh, pioneer new schemes um, yes. that will benefit to all. And that is, okay, so another reason I'm a huge fan of the Pulse program is because things are not necessarily done in the quote-unquote best practice way. They're done in a way that is the most effective. So, for example, allowing all employees to have access. That's a huge takeaway for people listening to this program. You want to meet employees where they're at, and if that means giving them easy entry, which it does almost every time, then then create a way for that to be an option, whether it's IT or whatever level it is. And then that that sort of switched concept of people from other countries coming here to do work is is very unique, and, and that is... Uh, a, a great value of the Pulse program. Now, unfortunately, this is a short podcast, and I hope this is just wetting the interest of so many people that are listening to think, okay, how can I think about my program differently? How can I learn more about the Pulse program? So as a takeaway, can you tell us just a little bit about uh, you know, some of the on-the-ground challenges people in your position may find as they're looking to implement their programs or make more innovative programs? So just a couple takeaways for people listening. Hmm. So takeaways on challenges is, um, you know, making sure that you have senior leadership behind you, I think is huge. And making sure that that senior leadership is clear on what they want the benefits to be from the program, because you can take the angle of um, HR benefits, of, um, you know, innovation insights from emerging markets benefits, of reputational benefits, et cetera. 
Um, and also to make sure you're dedicating enough resource to um, support the program that you're envisioning, depending on the scale. And finally, I would say um, reentry is huge um, in, in terms of potential challenge, but also potential huge opportunity. And maybe at another stage, I can talk to you about some of the ways that we've been innovating on how to capture some of the great fresh insights um, that our volunteers bring back from the field mm. that can transform the way we run our business, but also, um, you know, equally bring huge benefit to society. So that sweet spot where there is business and social benefit, we're, um, we're developing some really cool innovation challenges that are connecting back to our businesses and bringing some really great ideas forward. So you said executive leadership, you need the right resources and capture the learnings when they get back. When, you, when we talk about, which is a great list, when we talk about executive buy-in, though, can you, um, a couple sentences, can you tell us, you started out with it, but they still had to buy into a particular program, right? They, you, mm-hmm. they Pulse wasn't around. So how do you get, what are some practical insights that you maybe can offer? Because that's what everybody needs. They, they've yeah. got this idea and they know they can sell it if they have a patron at the highest level, right? Yeah. We're in the C-suite, you've got an angel up there who says, Asya's amazing. Whatever she needs, let's give it to her. And everybody goes, all right. I wish, right? All right, Bob. We lost you in golf. So, yeah. yeah. Okay, we'll do that. So, what? So, my advice is very simple. Capture metrics from the beginning. So, for example, now we've, we can say that um, – GSK employees who participate in Pulse are 21% more likely to change roles through promotions, transfers, rotations, as compared to the overall employee population. Now, you you did a study on this, right? Yeah. What's the name of the study? It's Win, Win, Win? Yep. Um, Win, 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 which uh, is featured in the Journal of Personnel Psychology. Awesome. Uh, Can I I post that on the podcast later for people to read? Yes. Excellent. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we can say that Pulse uh, volunteers are 41% less likely to leave GSK than the overall employee population. Um, we can speak about actual skills gained, um, greater morale and motivation. All of this um, is through surveys that we've designed and tracking that we've um, introduced into the program from day one. So that would be my advice. Okay. Okay. That's good. So as we get, you know, you get the permission, you do, you do the first piece whatever it is and everybody's like well, we got no evidence but we'll we'll trust you shore up that trust with some actual statistics that are going to matter to people who are the decision makers and it sounds like that's the kind of data you're able to to demonstrate churn rate down keep the high potential satisfaction higher that kind of absolutely thing. okay absolutely Oh my goodness, Asya, I cannot thank you enough for sharing with us today. There's so much more I want to go into about this, and I hope that's the way everybody else feels too. For those of you who are listening and you want to connect more with what Pulse is doing and or with Asya, we're going to post some links below this podcast. So if you just scroll down, you'll be able to see those links and some more resources for you. And we'll have information about the summit, the conference that Asya is going to be at with Angela and I, and a whole bunch of other people in New York City, April 3-4. Make sure you sign up for that. Or at least check out the website, find out more information. It's going to be a great conference. We go every year, and I'm okay. So I'm a bit biased. I'm emceeing it. He's emceeing it. So that's (laughs) all the more reason to go. Yeah, that was totally unsolicited, folks. That was uh, (laughs) that's from Asia. So um, yeah, come out and join us. It'll be great. 
Check out the links below. You can find out more about Asia. You can uh, follow her on Twitter. We can follow you on Twitter, right, Asia? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think you already are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I send her little little notes about ice cream that I enjoy. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, so. it's sweet. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for inviting me um, to speak with you. This is great fun. I hope we can do it again. Us too. Thanks, Asya. And thanks, Take everybody, care. for joining. We'll see you next week. Bye.